Blog Talk Radio. Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back, everyone. Good afternoon, good morning, and if you're listening to us in replay, well, I'm hoping you're having a wonderful day, whatever time of day it is. So this, of course, is Tim and Julie Harris from Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching, Harris Real Estate University, and this is our hour-long radio show called Real Estate Coaching, and this really is focused on what is best for you guys, how to help you build your real estate businesses, and more importantly, how to keep you motivated every single day to really get the most out of what this incredible market recovery has to offer. So today's topic is a continuation of what we were talking about yesterday, which is I'm already I don't know about you, Jules. Have you gotten emails mm-hmm. about yesterday's radio show? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's funny. I get email from agents talking about you know the topic was how to get unstuck. Lots of motivational points there and specifics on what to actually do, what to take action on. And sometimes it comes from grizzled veterans that talk about they get stuck from time to time, and other agents seem to have been stuck for a year or a couple years since the whole recession went on. So whether you are stuck temporarily or stuck long-term and your stuck has become your new reality, the action steps are the same. Well, yeah, exactly. And I have to say, I got probably 15 or 16 in emails a lot from students, folks that I haven't heard from for a while in some cases, saying how much they appreciated the radio show. And my answer, uh, and, and the topic of these radio shows, the ones, the, you know, Getting Unstuck, the one we did yesterday, today, and probably tomorrow, um, and my reply to them was, well, it must have appealed to you because you're feeling stuck, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, if <laughs> the idea go. of getting unstuck you find especially appealing, it's probably a good indicator that you yourself are stuck at some level. And you know what? It's easy to do. It's easy to get stuck when it comes to, I mean, all the all the areas of life in which we set goals for. There's the familial goals, the health goals, the spiritual goals, the financial goals, the educational goals, and maybe a couple other categories, but those are the main ones. And it's easy to get stuck on one of those categories, to, to basically find yourself uh, realizing that you've been complacent, that you haven't necessarily been paying attention. I remember very distinctly in our real estate practice, where Julie and I had been hitting it out of the park and our team was doing great year after year after year. And then all of a sudden, this little market that we used to dominate, there was all of a sudden these couple of these agents that were like starting to breathe down our backs a little bit. And I was like, how the heck did that happen? <laughs> because what from, happened right? was, well, but the reality of it is, is what happened was is that we were so busy doing what we had done year in and year out for the past few years, we had gotten stuck without knowing it. In other words, we didn't realize that what we were doing to make us successful in the past had to evolve, had to change, or we were not going to continue to be successful. So we allowed ourselves to be vulnerable to potential competitors. And, and you know, Julie, I have to say, um, very, very, very – I don't know of anyone else in the uh, real estate coaching and training space that actually uses the word competitor. The word competitor Mm -hmm. and competition, those two, you know, honest words have become – a bad word, it seems. People don't right. want to look at their fellow realtors as competitors, but they are. And it's even worse than that, guys, when it comes to a listing or a sale, 
There is no second place. There's the guy that got paid and the one that didn't. Right. You, you are I remember in competition. Rory used to say, remember what Rory used to say about that? Be the guy with the listing when it closes. Yeah, well, that goes back to, like, <laughs> expired listing rule number one. Price reductions <laughs> and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Well, it, yeah, actually, Julie, that's also a Howard Brinton point, right? So if you want to be a right. successful listing agent, be the listing agent when it actually sells. In <laughs> other words, yeah. you might be the first listing agent, but the fourth listing agent is going to be the one who gets it when it sells. That's kind exactly. of funny that you remember that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's not unusual for all of us to find ourselves at some level uh, in some aspect of our business or personal lives where we're stuck or we're complacent. That's called normal. What is, uh, frankly, unhealthy, not, you know, let alone uh, abnormal, is when you determine that you're stuck if you don't actually try to do something about it. Julie said a lot of people make stuck their story, right? You can tell stuck people in the way they live, the way they talk, the way they walk, the way they dress. You, you walk into someone's house, you know what I'm about to say, right, Julie? Mm-hmm. You walk into someone's house and they're living in the 19 moths everything, right? Right. It's 19 it's 1985 forever in their world. They are stuck. They're listening. Right. We have a friend. We have a friend uh, in uh, Florida, and he listens to nothing other than music from the 70s, which frankly we hate. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, but the reality right. of it is, he's stuck in the that 70s. It does. So, but we are all we are all susceptible to being stuck at some point, at some level. But we are your business coaches. Our job is to help you make money. Our job is to put ideas in front of you, and then hopefully motivate you to get you into action to implement those ideas. So we are focusing on where you're stuck in your real estate practice, and chances are you're stuck in your real estate practice with the lack of knowledge, with a lack of implementation. Most importantly. Most importantly, the lack of actions being taken around those ideas. So it's one thing, like, so Julie, I'm going to share with, you, hope, I know you have a coaching story ready to go, and I'm going to share mm-hmm. with uh, everyone a free coaching call I had, and I know they listen to the radio show, so I won't use their name. But it's a very nice couple. They're new uh, coaching students. They were in our uh, short sale program, and they're our tech coaching program. And just for the record, guys, those of you who are existing students, so they were you know, enrolled in two programs, and after our coaching call, I realized that they needed to be in the Real Estate Coaching Essentials Coaching Program, which, by the way, saved them $100 a month. So I actually saved them $100 a month and put them in a more appropriate coaching program for them, and I'm sure they'll thrive in that program. But here was the interesting thing that he was bringing to the call specifically. His wife and him had built a very successful real estate practice and really it amounts to a very small town in Arizona of about 3,000 people. But despite the size, uh, she has... Currently, 40 active listings. That's pretty impressive. Wouldn't you agree, Julie? Absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah. Right. And she's she's maybe the two or three agent in this marketplace. So there's lots of units that are happening. We're guessing that there's somewhere along the lines of 700 to 800 sides that happen per year. Remember, every real estate transaction has two sides, a buyer side and a seller side. The average sale price in this community was 40, 150000 So you're talking about the average gross commission being, let's assume, around $9,000. So you take $9,000 times you know, 70, uh, 750 units or whatever, you're talking about roughly $60 million a year that's happening in commissions in that little market of 3,000 people per year. You following me on all this, everyone? Think about that for a second. His question to me is, should he be driving two hours to Scottsdale to do short sales? That was his question to me. Really, 
That's the, I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? There's so much opportunity in front of them, and their goal was to make like a quarter million dollars. There was so much opportunity in front of them, and they were so well positioned in that particular market. But what was happening is they weren't doing more transactions. They weren't expanding their market because they were stuck on the things that they had been doing that got them to this level of success. They really weren't doing anything proactive to go after these buyers. Our sellers, rather. These sellers were coming to her because they love this couple. They know these guys. It's like they're like the mayor and mayoress of of the town, you know. So they were getting these listings almost exclusively exclusively from referrals. How would you like to have forty listings, four zero, just because people knew you and they liked you? That sounds pretty good. So they're doing Mm -hmm. virtually everything right to have that kind of market share. Well, what happens if they were to employ just a few of our proactive lead generation ideas? How much more of their business would – how much would it expand? So if they, they had, had more stuck, spokes, for example. That's my point. So if they, they were stuck in their old thinking, and now hopefully the Coaching Essentials coaching program will turn them around and get them unstuck. So, Jules, you, you also, I'm sure, have a story from your – dozens of coaching calls so far this week? <laughs> yes. Actually, I had a very interesting call with one of our essential students today uh, who lives in Maine. And we were talking about, you know, much of the country is under this deep freeze. And I know I talked with uh, Colette down in Atlanta not too long ago, and she was, <laughs> she said she just went to the Kroger grocery store and there is like one can of beans on the counter <laughs> or on the in the aisles because everybody's raided the grocery store. And much of the country is in the deep freeze. So this this client in Maine, you know, she was pretty interesting. She's only been in real estate three years, and she was telling me, you know, she's got other things going on. She's got another job. She's actually working two or three different jobs. And and uh, what she was talking about was the one year, last year, she finally set a specific goal and hit it because instead of just sort of dabbling in real estate, she set a goal of what she wanted to do, and she actually hit that. So she was talking about the ability to set goals but now that she's getting more serious about real estate, she had a lot of great questions. So first, I was very impressed that she had gone through all of the Real Estate Coaching Essentials material, coaching calls, the downloads, the scripts, everything. She's been an excellent student. And then we talked about how is she going to actually implement. And what she had been doing is a lot of farming. And she had some good pieces, and she was pretty committed to it. But the issue is she didn't have the time to wait for the farm to work. So we were talking about how to identify people who for sure have a home to sell versus throwing it out there, kind of shotgun approach, and hoping that something comes back from your direct marketing and how the clock is ticking on that marketing while meanwhile she could be picking up the phone and talking to people who have a cry for help, for example, a for sale by owner with a help me sign in their yard, i.e. their (laughs) phone number, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, I mean, that's an excellent point, though. I mean, really, it's essentially getting unstuck and realizing that uh, there are always, always dozens of ways to be going after business. Are you, so, guys, listen, all of us get stuck at some point in our lives. It, it is normal. It is natural. It just happens. What is not okay is to stay stuck when you've recognized that you're stuck. It's not okay for you not to take proactive actions to improve your situation once you are conscious and aware of it. If you are realizing that you're doing something that's detrimental to your future and you continue doing it consciously, well, you need professional help because you're consciously doing something that is unhealthy and harmful to you that does not make sense. Stop the behavior. Focus, guys. You know, that very point, what I just said, that needs to scale out to all aspects of your business. If you're doing things in your business 
that are supposed to someday make you money but they're not, stop doing them. Okay? If you're doing things in your business that are so hopefully someday supposed to make you money and you're spending money on these things and it's not you're working. You're waiting and waiting and waiting and praying to the real estate gods. Maybe this month it will work. Stop How doing it. How much time do you have, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand So, Julie, that. actually, I just thought of another point for today's call. But we're going to get to the point, how to get unstuck, which a lot of you I know are really embracing. And I will, uh, Julie and I are going to jump to the next point in our list when we come back after this very brief commercial announcement. Everyone knows that real estate coaching can be expensive. Most coaching companies charge $1,000 a month and demand that you sign a long-term, ball-and-chain, 12-month contract. But what if there was a proven system that gave you the essentials to almost guarantee your real estate success? The marketing and lead generation systems, centers of influence and past client systems, business systems, scripts, and presentations, everything you need to dominate your real estate market. Real Estate Coaching Essentials is that system, and it's affordable for every agent who's ready to take their business to the next level. For a limited time, Tim and Julie Harris are offering this award-winning program for only $197 a month. You can enroll right now and receive the first seven days for free. That's right. Enroll today and take the next seven days to have complete access to everything you need to build a successful real estate business. Get started today at agentcoachingsecrets.com. Again, that's agentcoachingsecrets.com. Okay, we are back. So we've got a lot of ground to cover today, a lot of points we want to make, a lot of information. Hopefully we're going to impart upon you that will put you in a position of feeling motivated because you feel educated, and ultimately the goal has to be for you to get into action. So actually what Julie was just saying uh, spawned the thought in me about another point that I should have added to the list, so I'm just going to go ahead and say this one thinking about it. This is something, I mean, I, I've never, I never read this anywhere. I never you know, saw it anywhere. I heard this from somebody who a long time ago for a very brief period of time, and this guy is an honest-to-God billionaire, was a mentor. And by very brief, I mean like maybe a week. But I was able to sit down with him two or three times um, in Powell, Ohio, and uh, you know, basically he said something to me that I'll never forget. So <laughs> I'll set it up just because it's kind of interesting. So this guy was in a mastermind, um, a YPO mastermind. It doesn't matter if you guys don't know what that is. And one of the people in his mastermind was a guy that you've probably heard of, Charles Schwab. Now, he referred to him as Charlie Schwab, and he didn't tell me until afterwards I figured it out that when he was talking, he would say, well, you know what? Charlie Schwab said something to me once, and I'll never forget it. It started out something like that, and it just didn't register that he was talking about Charles Schwab from you know the investment, uh, the investment guy who owns all the brokerages and all that. But that aside, so here's a little piece of very unconventional truth. You could call it advice. Here it is. Now, I want you guys to finish what I'm about to say. Every one of you listening now, live and in replay, I want you to finish this statement. Ready? I'm going to say it. When the going gets tough, the smart – fill in the blank. Do it now, seriously. When the going gets tough, the smart – what's the conventional wisdom? What was it that you were raised to think the answer to that question is? When the going gets tough, the smart – you're saying to yourself most likely, the smart get going, right? Isn't that what all of us were taught? 
Isn't that what all of us believe to be true? When the going gets tough, the smart get going. Uh-uh. When the going gets tough, this is what Charlie Schwab said to Mr. Klingbeil, by the way, when the going gets tough, the smart leave. What? I thought about that forever, like years. What the hell does he mean by that? When the going gets tough, the smart leave. How can that possibly be good advice? Then I got to thinking how much that applies to really virtually every aspect of any business owner's life. Julie was mentioning before the break the idea that some of you are continuously, you know, spending money on stuff, hoping and praying that someday it will work. Well, in the going gets tough, smart leave. If it doesn't work, you've got to stop doing it. If you're in a marketplace, this is something else I hear all the time on free coaching calls. I'm in this marketplace where the house values are still losing value, where I have to freaking you know, carry a bat every time I walk out of my front door. I'm afraid to meet with most of my sellers because I'm pretty sure they're going to try to put me in their crock pot. You know, it's basically a horrible environment all the way around. Just sounds like an awful place to live, an awful place to sell real estate. When the going gets tough, the smart leave. Why are you staying there? Why are you still selling in that marketplace? Why don't you move? We moved. Julie and I have moved. We've moved. When the going gets tough, the smart leave. You don't just try to stick it out if your goal is to be a business owner and make a profit doing things or in an environment that's not conducive to being a business owner and making a profit. Once you learn uh, the skills that we teach you as part of our coaching programs, your skills are mobile. You're not dependent on a geographic region anymore. You can be picked up and dropped off in any real estate market in the country, apply what you know, and guess what? You can make money in you know 60 to 90 days. When the going gets tough, the smart leave. Unconventional wisdom, but I want you to really, really run your everything through that, what you're spending on marketing. Some of you are in other coaching programs. Is it really still worth it? Really? To spend money for the same coaching program you've been in for three or four years, spending 800 or or $1,000 a month, hearing the same 444 points over and over and over again? Does that really make sense to stay there? When the going gets tough, the smart leave. Julie, what's the next point? All right, so the next point has to do with how committed are you really? And by that I mean, do you say things like, well, I'll try out real estate and see how it goes? I'll try calling a FISBO today. I'll try talking to one of my past clients today. Do you use that word a lot? I'll try it out. I'll see what happens. Do you have a lot of wishy-washy words in your day-to-day language, whether that's in your own head or actually coming out your mouth? So I have two quotes about this because it does matter whether you have decided to be successful in real estate or whether you're just dabbling, trying it out, seeing what happens, seeing what comes your way, one of those is running a business, the other one is being a hobbyist at best. I have a short quote, one of my favorite quotes because it kind of cuts to it, and I have a longer quote, but they make the same point. So the first quote is from, yes, I'm going to be just this nerdy on this call, from Yoda. He said, try not, try not, do or do not, there is no try. Hold on, hold on, Julie. You have to do yes. the voice and read the, and read the quote again. <laughs> I can't do the voice. You have to do it. I don't know if I can do Yoda. I do Gollum. You, you, try okay, or try not. The same. There is no Please. try <laughs> from Yoda, okay? What is he saying? And you remember in the scene, he was teaching Luke to mentally raise the ship out of the bog, right? And, and – um, you know, Luke was all, well, I'll try. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. I'll give it my best Jedi shot, right? But Yoda said, try not. 
do or do not. There is no try. There's no in-between. There's no wishy-washy. And if we want to go slightly less nerdy, okay, there is a mountaineer named W.H. Murray, and he said, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there's only, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. Here's the point, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur, right? So he's talking about once you commit, you know, and Tim, you're very fond of saying one of my other favorite quotes, it's too soon to tell. So an interesting thing happens when you commit. Sometimes it seems like as soon as you make that commitment, all the stars are in alignment, right? Well, it's, so it's almost uncanny, but it was your commitment that caused it to happen. So let's go on to the next point since Julie uh, just mentioned it. It's too soon to tell. Now, again, I don't remember where I heard that, but I remember the impact it had on my life and then Julie's life and then the coaching uh, lives of the lives of all of our thousands of coaching students. Those of you who have been with us for a long time, you hopefully have internalized this. It's too soon to tell basically frees you from having to label things as a failure or a success because it's interesting, whenever we have put things in the success box or the failure box, what happens is we stop learning from them. If it's the success box, we just pat ourselves on the back and move on. If it's the failure box, well, then we put them in a different box and we try to move on. Very rarely do we actually stop to think there's lessons yet to be learned from those experiences. So get in the habit of saying it's too soon to tell. It's too soon to tell whether or not that good experience is you want to label it as a good experience because you just took a listing, but is the listing going to sell? Are you going to get paid? That sounds kind of harsh, but there's an idea for you. Keep your emotions in line. You just lost the listing. It was a horrible experience. Some other agent beat you out of it in competition. There's that word again, competition. Welcome to reality. That is life. Oh, my gosh, you got beaten out in competition. Oh, it was embarrassing. It was a horrible experience. Well, guess what? Six months later, the listing agent who beat you didn't didn't get the listing sold, had it overpriced, They had to take the listing in the first place by cutting their commission. And now the seller wants to hire you. You're going to charge more. You get the house priced right. It sells in two days. Okay? So versus had you you lost the listing, been a jerk, been nasty to the other agent, been nasty to the world, kicked your dog, been nasty to the seller, and then basically ruined any chances of not getting the business back. Because you said to yourself, it's too soon to tell, you kept your emotions between the line, and the business came back to you. That is how life works. So get in the habit of saying, it's too soon to tell. So the next point, Julie, is about having a media-free life. Let's talk about that. Yes, so media-free life, and, and this comes up a lot in our coaching because oftentimes coaching clients will come to the call and they'll be in some kind of weird mood or something <laughs> affected their mindset, and we'll be like, what were you just listening to? What's getting into your head, right? So that can be radio, TV, newspaper. You know, Have you ever looked at the headlines of – whether it's the Wall Street Journal or a New York Times or Choose Your Newspaper, is it all rosy, shiny, you know, feel-good stuff? It never is. Or is it how many train wrecks happened this morning, right? So media-free is exactly what it sounds like. Be media-free. Control what actually goes into your mind. A lot of you guys are stuck because you keep on watching and listening to the same garbage, the same trash, the same, you know, mind-numbing garbage that is not designed to move you forward. 
and yet you're addicted to it, and you don't even realize that that's oh, what's keeping on. you stuck. Oh, hold on. You said something, addicted to it. Talk about the fact mm-hmm. that it's an actual honest-to-God. You guys are getting an actual honest-to-God little hit of dopamine in your brains every time you hear news. That's the reason CNN is breaking news, urgent news, and then Wolf oh, yeah. Blitzer shows up. Even though up. it's some stupid thing, right? <laughs> right, and you get because you're addicted to it. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That all started after September 11th. After September 11th, real news went away, and now it's this dramatic crap that they're always drama, trying to drama, top drama. each other. Exactly, that's all it is. It's not news. There's no content. Yeah, well, how about no weather Armageddon? Right. I was just talking yeah. to uh, Rodney Forbes in in Palm Beach, and he was. Uh, we were joking that you know he has to be careful who he talks to about his weather because it was like an 80 degree day down there, <laughs> and uh, he said he was just uh, reading. One of his friends on Facebook or something was talking about the epic drama that the Weather Channel and CNN and everybody had freaked out the entire East Coast, and it was ice mageddon and. You know, some areas it was like a half inch of ice, and you're going to be fine. You know, you can still leave your house. It's okay. And yet, because of all of this epic drama, it's causing, you know, uh, attacks on grocery stores and lines at the gas station. Oh, my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. When, in fact, you know, it'll probably melt in like two days, right? But because the drama was out there, everybody freaked out. Nobody went to work. You know, it's like the whole world came to a screeching halt. So when I have clients in those areas, which is pretty much everything east of the Mississippi right now, and parts of the upper northwest, I'm hearing from those guys too, I always tell them, look, if you're going to hole up in your house, start calling your past clients. Ask them how they're doing. Reconnect with people. How about this? You're stuck at home. As long as your phone works, call expireds, right? Don't just be glued to CNN all day. How is that working out? Is that making you money, really? And the worst be interested sources- to hear about that. The worst sources for news, the worst sources for this mind clutter are MSNBC and Fox News. They have turned into such partisan, nasty, evil bunches of crap that you guys should just call your cable companies and tell them to Your remove phone. them completely from your from your channel lineup. That stuff Not is such it. garbage. It works into your brain and it ruins your motivation. It makes you believe that everybody's out to get you. It makes you feel and sense uh, this paranoia that isn't real. It's in your brain and it's being uh, manifested by you. So if, if you're feeling like the world is out to get you, you're going to start finding reinforcing thoughts that basically make it true. That right. is what happens. Well, I wish we could purify them. You know, in, in fact, to say to yourself every day, who am I talking to? Because you guys do this to each other, right? You like to complain about other agents in your office being just, you know, really depressing or full of drama. And I say, look, unless you are talking to somebody who can and will buy or sell with you, what are you doing? Go talk to somebody who will buy or sell with you. You know, you get drawn into these things, and some of you guys are doing your own free coaching. An agent will come in and have you diagnose their short sale, you know, unless you're getting paid to do that. Just hold up your hand. I always teach a script that goes like this. You hold up your hand and you go, I'm sorry, you're getting me off my schedule. Can we talk about this later? That's right. And don't say anything. And, here's and eventually, thing, get... a couple of times later, they'll be trained. Right. And here, another idea for you guys to do time management, since Julie touched on that too, is whenever anyone wants to communicate with you, send you an idea, whatever else, make them email it to you. Not text yeah. you, not call you, not have a meeting, make them email it to you. Because then you'll find all the things that they were wanting to take your life energy away to discuss is not important other than, you know, 
versus like say for example something that's urgent if it were really important they'd send you an email obviously it's not you're not hearing back from them so i am being told we need to take a real short commercial break and when we do we will come back with our next point You're listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Are you ready to ask Tim and Julie your toughest real estate sales, business, or lead generation question? Call us now at 347-857-1195 or email your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Now, back to Tim and Julie Harris. All right, so the next point on our list is a very simple point, but it's very critical. It's called finish what you start. Finish what you start, but at the same time, be very careful what you commit to. So finish what you start, but be very careful and selective what you commit to. In other words, don't be committing yourself to doing a bunch of things, volunteer things, school things, community things, real estate things, personal things, and then not doing them. Select what you're going to commit to, and to Julie's earlier point, don't be one foot in, one foot out. 100% commit to getting it done, and then complete the task. Nothing wears on your energy, your motivation. Nothing wears on your, frankly, your confidence more than having what I call a bunch of open loops. And open loops are just that. It's a good visual. Essentially, you have so many things that you've started, and you haven't closed any of the loops So your life is about nothing other than a whole list of open loops constantly surrounding you. So you're constantly surrounded by all these unfinished projects, which does wear on your soul. It does wear on your energy level. It does pull you down. So for gosh sakes, be careful what you commit to. And when you commit to doing those things, you have to 100% get them done at the highest level. Jules, what's the next point? Next point is also simple, sounds simple enough, but does take some discipline to follow through on. And that says to remember that your diet does affect your moods, so eat like an athlete. And I'll tell you, Tim, I think you would concur with this. Our top producing agents, in other words, our coaching clients who meet or exceed their specific goals that they have spent time figuring out via the treasure map, they all have a commonality which is that they do watch their nutrition and their exercise. And I would say, by and large, they're pretty good at monitoring that. They might slip now and then, but most of them have some kind of a specific nutrition plan that they're following because they recognize that it affects their mood, their productivity, their creativity, their flexibility. Everything is affected. It's It's kind of like what you put in your mouth is the equivalent for your body as what you're putting in your brain, you know, like the media free morning. So be careful how you're handling that. You know, some of you guys, all you have all day long is coffee. So you're either at the coffee machine or you're in the restroom. And you wonder, you know, you're, like, you're making me feel guilty because I'm have, you're making me feel guilty because I'm having coffee right now. Oh, I might have been talking about you. <laughs> but yeah, so you know what I'm saying. Are you constantly medicating yourself in one way or another, or have you actually thought out what you are consciously putting in your body? Well, exactly. And you guys know this is all kind of common knowledge. There's a great book. Um, Julie, what is that book that we just read? It was The End of Illness, right? Isn't that what it was called? Yes. Very. The End of Illness. 
Very interesting. You guys should all get that book. Write that down. Order it from Amazon right now. The End of Illness. Uh, we listen to it on uh, audiobook, so that's the way we can multitask, you know, exercise and listen to the book, that kind of thing. A lot of you guys are exercising and listening to this radio show, which is fantastic. It's another great way to spend your time. But, again, you know, guys, that is a fantastic book. Buy it. Listen to it. It literally changed a lot of the, frankly, a lot of the health decision-making that we had been doing. It, it altered the direction and, what, and the actions that we take with regards to our own personal health and the health of our immediate family. So do go get that book. Now, the next point I wrote down, and Julie wrote down, I think is an interesting point. It's a little bit zen, if you will, but it's called be present. Be present. When you're someplace, be at that someplace. Now, this is way easier to, to say than do. So when you are with your family, be with your family, have your cell phone off. When you're at work, be at work and, you know, basically be focused on what your task is, is to do while you're there. Now, a lot of us, myself included, from time to time, have severe bouts of lack of presentness, if you want to call it that. So even though you're listening to the radio show right now, you're listening to my mouth, my words, everything we're trying to help you understand, learn, and take action on right now, where is your mind? Is your mind in travel? Is, it my, is your mind thinking about what you have to do? Is your mind thinking about what you did? Is your mind thinking about something else other than what's presently happening in your life? So one of the things you can do, and once you've experienced presentness, once you've actually experienced the power of being present, what happens is, is that you're, uh, you become more in control of how you feel, and as a result of that, you can uh, get in vastly higher levels of control of what you do. So let me give you an example. Right now, here's a simple practice, and this, by the way, is a form of meditation, guys, but bear with me. That's too you know, left coast of a word for you. Just bear with me and just practice this. Just try it. One of the best ways to be present and to, to be you know, essentially focus the mind to sh- uh, to shut off all the noise, to shut off all the thinking, all the constant thinking, all the constant worrying, all the constant time travel we do in our minds, all that stuff is a form of mental illness. I'm 100% convinced because what it's doing is it's taking us out of the present moment of existing, and uh, uh, that's frankly reason that I love coaching. Because when I'm coaching somebody, I know this is true with my wife and all of our coaches, you cannot do a good job on that coaching call unless you're 100% focused. Julie practices and plays in orchestras and whatnot, and I know that she loves doing that because when she's playing her flute or piccolo, she is 100% focused and she cannot be thinking about anything else, otherwise she's going to screw up. The, so all this, you, that's the concept. So breathing, start with your breathing. Start, let's just do this little practice right now. Start with your breathing. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And as you're breathing in, in your mind, in your nose, out your mouth, in your nose, out your mouth, do it slowly and just say just this. Just this. I just did it once and I saw the difference. Yeah, just it slows you down, right? This. Yes, but we have to keep our energy high for the radio show, so I better stop right. doing it. <laughs> but the more don't do it while you're story, driving. guys. That's right. Don't do it while you're driving. Okay? Your but the moral of the story is when you do that, what you're going to find, remember, through your nose, just out your mouth, this, just this. You're paying attention to your breathing. You're listening to your breathing. Then start focusing on, while you're going through that, after you feel yourself slowing down a bit, then focus on your hands. Literally, I want you to feel your hands. 
Just feel your hands. Don't think about what you've got to do or what you've done, or just your hands. Feel your hands. And what you're going to feel is all the nerve endings. You're going to feel strange little, I mean, I'm thinking about it right now, and I'm doing it right now, I'm feeling little, you know, little sparks of energy in my index finger, and, right? So when you go through these exercises and you sort of take this meditative approach to slowing yourself down and being present, you do that for five minutes every day, then ten minutes, and you can expand it to a half hour. Your mind is so much more focused after going through that exercise that you are able to get more done at a higher level because all the constant noise, all the constant competing thoughts that are in your mind, they dissipate. Will they ever completely go away? No. Do you need to worry about all the random thinking that's in your head? No, it's normal. But what's abnormal is once you've realized that that, you know, essentially all that thinking that's going on in your head is distracting you from being present, which is distracting you from living life, what's abnormal is for you not to take the actions like what I just suggested. These, essentially this meditation that I just taught you and the process to go through works for everybody no matter what your age is. Uh, and frankly, it is something that can really have a profound change on your life. If you want to explore meditation more, I strongly suggest you guys do so by, um, you know, read Deepak Chopra books or the other one, who's that guy who's, uh, I have his um, videos up on our uh, daily motivational message from time to time. Eckhart Tolle, that's right. So absorb their information. That's their area of expertise. Eckhart Tolle, you know, is fantastic. And, uh, but again, I'm going to make the suggestion at the same time I'm having a red flag go off in my mind, don't go down that rabbit hole. This is something you're supposed to use as a tool in your life to help you live life. It's not a, it's not a replacement not a for hideout. living life. It's not a hideout. You can't just say, I'm going to go to a meditation retreat for the next two months. That's a hideout, okay? That's this is what you do when a, you've got you know, five years of reserves in the bank. <laughs> that's right, and bored. <laughs> All right. So that's, the next point is hand-in-hand hand with this point. Julie, it's the go on a – you got that point in front of you? Yep. Go on a walk in the woods or in nature, someplace peaceful and calm for the same reason. Clear out the cobwebs. You know, would you rather be on a peaceful, nice walk or in front of the TV watching drama? Which do you think is more healthy for you, your business, your family, your associates, your prospects, your clients? So take a breath. That's okay. And, you know, sometimes when I talk to my coaching clients about this, they can feel guilty about taking that 20 minutes, that two hours in that afternoon. And what I tell them is, as your coach, I'm prescribing this, and you're not to feel guilty. This is part of your job is to keep your head screwed on straight so that you can be the best, not just for your clients and your prospects, but also for yourself. Because if you're not doing this, you can kind of get out of whack and then you find yourself on a listing presentation where you're supposed to be paying attention to the client and then you're checking your cell phone for the latest news and drama and maybe you're answering a buyer call and you're not being present, you're not paying attention to whoever's in front of you because you haven't taken the chance to clear out your own brain. These points are all related, guys. The reality is, is this overthinking is a plague of our society. And it is manifested, and we continue it through our constant checking of our iPhones, of our constant, oh, my God, did I miss an email? Oh, my God, i got to watch CNN to find out, you know, who's bombed who. That is a form of insanity. It is a form of insanity that's causing – do you feel like your days are going by too fast? Every one of you listening said yes. Your years are going by too fast. Can you believe it's 2014? Can you believe you're the age that you are now? Does it feel like your life is going by too fast? 
It's because you're spending too much time in the past or the future in your mind and you're not being present. That's the key. Going on a walk in nature, by the way, has been proven to be vastly more effective than going on a walk in the city uh, at clearing your mind. Why? Because in the city, your mind has your eyes and your mind have too many things to focus on. Whereas a walk in nature, there's not that many things to focus on. In the city, you have to worry about who's following me, what's that car going to be hit me, is that pigeon going to poop on me, right? right. It, whereas in the nature, you maybe only have to worry about is that a bear in the woods going to try to eat me. You guys get my point. So it's been depending on where you're psych- walking. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So it's been proven psychologically that walking outside in nature, on the beach or whatnot, don't you all intuitively know that you're going to be more relaxed after walking through the woods than you will, say, walking down the street in Manhattan? Just kind of makes sense, doesn't it? All right, so Jules, what is the next? Oh, the next point's a fun one. Okay. <laughs> now, this is a fun one. Uh, it's called Don't Feed the Trolls. Don't feed the trolls. The trolls take up many different forms in your life. And we're going to make a little list. And Julie, help me out with this, okay? Sure. I don't have this in our notes, so we're going to have to think of these together. So the trolls are any sort of, it could be uh, physical, like in people, physical as in we've been talking about media. It can be this type of thinking. A troll is anything that's going to enter into your personal mind that's going to distract you from being present, that's going to distract you from focusing on what you're on this planet to do, your specific goals, taking care of your family, meeting the obligations. A troll is going to be, for example, a negative person. A troll is going to be a negative office, a negative broker, a negative office manager. A troll is going to be the media, pretty much any form of media. A troll is going to be your survivalist website that you like to visit. A, a troll is going to be anything that's taking you in, from being present into a state of wanting where you're not conscious of the fact that you're being manipulated. Like, you know, here's a fun exercise. When was the last time you bought something, anything, that you needed versus wanted? Now, think about that. How often are you buying things because it's an emotional purchase that somebody else convinced you that you were going to feel a certain – when you go to Starbucks, why do you go to Starbucks and spend $7 for two cups of coffee? I mean, I ask myself that every time I go to Starbucks and spend $7 for two cups that of coffee. That's you eat it. Not really. No. All right. Yeah, I mean, I could have brought coffee from the house and put it in a to-go mug. So why do I go to Starbucks? I have thought about it, and the reality of it is it's because the environment makes me feel a certain way. Carrying the cup makes me feel a certain way. So, you know, Charles Schultz, uh, bless his billionaire heart, has created an environment where I have been manipulated into believing that drinking his overpriced coffee is going to bring a certain something into my life that evidently my subconscious thinks I need to have in my life. That's a troll, right? Someone I've let the troll in my mind that's controlling the actions that I'm taking. You guys getting this? Julie, what trolls do you see being destructive in your coaching clients' lives? <laughs> I see it a lot actually when I teach the listing presentation. Are very competitive, you know, practically sure to get the listing unless you don't want it. Very, very specific listing presentation stuff that we teach. And I see it most frequently when we're talking about pre-qualifying and asking the seller whether they are planning on interviewing other agents. Now, why don't agents ask that question? This is the common response. Well, I don't want to suggest to them that they talk to other agents. 
as if you are the, you have the ultimate power to create that thought in their mind. They never would have thought of it had you not mentioned it. That's a troll that you're feeding, that if you ask that question, which is pretty critical, wouldn't you want to know whether you're against two commission cutters in your area? Wouldn't you want to know if you're against the big marketing agent in your area? I'd want to know, okay? Wouldn't you want to know if it's you versus their previous agent or their kid that just got their license? This is why you ask, and yet you feed the trolls by convincing yourself that, oh, my gosh, if I ask that very important pre-qualifying question, I'm going to create a problem for myself. So you don't ask it, and then you get there, and then when you're in their house, you find out the truth. Now you have to tap dance and BS your way out of there. Troll is fear. Troll is your ego. It's That's made what up the troll crap, truly mostly. is. Yeah, we were, Julie and I were watching Downton Abbey two Sundays ago, and uh, Mary, I believe, Julie, said something that you had made special note of, is to accumulate, one must speculate. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. That was a great quote. Right. Yeah. To accumulate, you must speculate. In other words, basically, in order to accumulate more riches in your life and accumulate a better quality life, you have to take some risks. You have to get out of complacency. You have to be willing to do things differently. You have to speculate, or in our particular example, you have to be willing to learn more and take actions on what you've learned. Mm -hmm. So again, is the troll in your mind keeping you from wanting to make changes? Is the troll in your mind wanting you to stay the same? Here's a little interesting idea for you. Nothing in your life is the same. Nothing around you right now isn't changing. Even the things that appear to be solid, the floor you're walking on, the chair you're sitting in, the pen or pencil in your hand, the computer in front of you, everything is changing. Biologically, on a very core level, everything is going through an evolutionary process. Your body is changing. The food in your belly obviously is changing. Everything is changing. If you find yourself in a a place where you're allowing your inner troll to feed fear into your life, where you're refusing or reluctant or scared or full of fear about making changes, it's because what's happened and you then start to feel the negative ramifications of allowing that troll to make the decisions for you, it's because you're going against nature. You're going against the very way that you were created. You were created to change. You were created to always evolve. You were in your thinking, in your actions, in your physical body, everything is designed for you to always evolve. And if you go against nature and say, I have always done it this way, and I will always do it this way, and I'm not going to change, what happens to your life? You start to lose. You start to develop financial issues. You start to develop health issues. You start to develop all kinds of problems because you have taken a stand against the way you are designed. That is a very profound and absolutely 100% true statement. Don't feed the troll. Make a list of all your trolls that you have in your life. The hardest trolls to essentially uh, deal with are the ones that supposedly love you, your family members, your friends, your spouse, your children. Those people oftentimes, without knowing it, because they've gotten addicted to the news, because they have fed their own troll, Their troll wants your troll to stay like them. In other words, they're going to do things, say things, and act in ways that are going to distract you from reaching your particular goals. Don't resent them. Don't coach them. Don't counsel them. Don't tell them about their own troll. If if and when they're ready to learn, they will figure out a way to essentially evolve beyond their current station in life. You are already there, 
and one of your missions is to improve your situation, you become rich, you become successful, you become the person that does who, what they say they're going to do 100% of the time, you become the great father, the great wife, the great spouse, the great son, the great daughter, the great realtor, you become the best person you can be, and you lead by example. When you do what you say you're going to do at the highest level, even if every single other person that you know, the people that love you the most are the ones that are often the most damaging, their inner troll says and does things to, re- to essentially sidetrack you, and yet you still do it. Don't be surprised if they're mad at you. Don't be surprised if they don't talk to you. Don't be surprised if they resent you. That's their inner troll, not knowing how to deal with the fact that you're trying to break out of the troll cave. But once you do and they see that you've been able to do it, what you're doing is you're doing truly God's work because you're laying the path for them to do the same thing. They'll go from resenting you to admiring you to wanting to then emulate you. That's how it works. That's how you become a leader. That's how you actually make a difference and help other people, which is, by the way, the highest calling any of us can have on this earth. So, Julie, what's the next point? I'm going to skip ahead to one of my favorite points because this is a fun one and something that they can take action on immediately, like all of our other points. Dress like you feel motivated. Walk like you feel motivated. Look, talk, act as if. Even if you to yourself, oh my gosh, this is just, I, I have to act as if I've got to put on this, this show, so to speak. doesn't matter. Dress as if you are already there. Become that person. You know, back when we were putting together, you know, our real estate wardrobes, you know, <laughs> I remember well, even, but, even but Julie, in the beginning the of our consignment. Joel, there you go. Which, tell the whole story. Yeah. We've yeah. only told okay, it a couple so in, times. That, yeah, yeah, in the beginning, you know, we had, you know, less than two nickels to rub together, and all of our suits were consignment. Now, they were nice consignment. We made an effort. We had it going on. We had it together. One of the reasons that we made that effort, albeit on a shoestring, was a book that someone gave me ages ago, and it was uh, about Audrey Hepburn. And Audrey Hepburn never had any real formal um, acting training. And one of the things that she said when somebody said, well, how did you deal with that when you were just thrown into your first movie? And she said, I always dressed the part. It made it a thousand times easier for me to act the part, even if I didn't quite know what I was doing, which was very frequent since I had no acting training, I would always dress the part. And now we all look to Audrey Hepburn as a style icon, right? So that really resonated with me. And I thought, well, you know, if she can do it without any training, well, I can at least look the part. Because when you go to your appointments, if you're not feeling confident about how you look, how you sound, how you're dressed, what does that do to your confidence? So control the things that you can control. Learn your scripts, for example. That's in your power. But also, do you look like someone that you would list with? Sometimes I have these free coaching calls, Tim, some of these random agents that are considering coaching. And I'll ask them, I'll say, you know, do you realize how you sound? If you were talking to you right now, would you list with you? Or would you think you're some kind of beaten down dog that's depressed and, gosh, you better be seeking help? Is that someone you are confident doing business with? And they're always a little taken aback by that, but then they get the point. They go, well, sometimes they'll say, well, I'm not normally like that. Okay, well, you're talking to me, so do your jumping jacks, right? So if you have to act as if and dress as if until you're there, that's normal for top producers. Well, think about what you just said. It's so powerful. So, Julie, that was a great point. I appreciate you jumping forward. So we are going to take a little quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back 
Well, let me see. Okay, here we go. Uh, real quick commercial break. Everyone knows that real estate coaching can be expensive. Most coaching companies charge $1,000 a month and demand that you sign a long-term, ball-and-chain, 12-month contract. But what if there was a proven system that gave you the essentials to almost guarantee your real estate success? The marketing and lead generation systems, centers of influence and past client systems, business systems, scripts, and presentations, everything you need to dominate your real estate market. Real Estate Coaching Essentials is that system, and it's affordable for every agent who's ready to take their business to the next level. For a limited time, Tim and Julie Harris are offering this award-winning program for only $197 a month. You can enroll right now and receive the first seven days for free. That's right. Enroll today and take the next seven days to have complete access to everything you need to build a successful real estate business. Get started today at agentcoachingsecrets.com. Again, that's agentcoachingsecrets.com. So, Jules, before we get back to our points on how to get unstuck, which is truly a call about how to be motivated, um, I want to talk a little bit about free coaching calls. So, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Guys, write that URL down. Freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Freecoachingcallsforagents.com. That is a website. Uh, that is a service that uh, we provide, and we provide that primarily for our existing coaching students who need a little help between their normal coaching calls and those of you who are interested in becoming coaching students. Um, so, again, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Julie, typically what happens on a free coaching call when someone schedules a call with you? Well, so typically I like to ask them what we need to accomplish and why they have requested the call so that it's not just, you know, I don't like getting the answer, well, I just do everything for free. That's not really a mission. We're trying to accomplish something, right? So I'll ask them, you know, where they're at in their business, what they're looking for, what their coaching budget is, you know, what they're considering, who else they're talking to, what their goals are. Do they have goals? Do they have a business plan? And a lot of times agents will struggle with that because it's, it's sort of, that's a lot of questions, and I do a lot of fact-finding on those calls, as do you and everyone else who does those types of calls here. Uh, so I'll ask them, all right, if we want to just kind of cut to it, paint me a picture. Six months from now, what does your ideal business look like, and how is that different than how you're operating today? And I just listen to what they have to say and figure out, you know, what are they doing, what, what changes do they need, what are they fighting. You know, we talk about whatever you resist persists, any mistakes they're making. And then usually I'm just envisioning their coaching path because with coaching, you know, it's education, it's motivation, and it's accountability but essentially we're shortening the learning curve and we're making their ability to reach their goals once they have their goals a lot shorter path with less pain to it ideally. So Julie is everybody a good coaching candidate? No. <laughs> that's the God's honest truth, right? No, yeah, not everybody is. Mm-mm. I wish and I could so, say they were, but it's not for everybody. It's not. And and you know what? Here's the thing. If I'm doing a free coaching call, and I'm having somebody that's trying to basically, you know, not listen. In other words, they're not taking the time with me or, you know, I'm not take, if it's basically not being taken seriously, if it's more important that they're trying to be right on the call than listening to the things that I'm suggesting that will make their lives better, when I'm hearing them defend their outdated, antiquated, kind of, you know, obsolete thinking, they're not ready for coaching. 
you will absolutely positively waste your money if you join any kind of coaching program if you're not 100%. Yeah, and we'll tell listen, you. Yeah, you can absolutely debate your uh, – you have a stance about some of the things that we'll introduce you to when it comes to your coaching with us. But what you can't debate, what you can't argue about, and what you must do is when you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. We have zero tolerance for wishy-washy BS on coaching calls, especially with our private clients. If you say you're going to take two listings per week for the next 60 days, you are going to take two listings per week for the next 60 days, hell or high water. If you say you're going to get your database together so you can do a better job with your centers of influence and past clients, we're going to create a step-by-step plan where you can have that done in not a year or six months, where you can have it done basically in two weeks. So the point of it, guys, is not everyone is a good fit for coaching. That's the truth. And, you know, not everyone, frankly, is a good fit for real estate either. If you got into this business for any reason other than to make a profit, and I want you to really be honest with yourself. Did you get into this business basically because you wanted to feel successful, because you wanted to tell everybody you owned your own business? You want, did you get into this business so basically you can feed your own ego troll? Then really I have bad news for you. You're not going to be in the business long. You just won't be. The only business owners that stay in business for more than maybe two years are the people basically that are focusing on making a profit. Profit feeds everything else. Profit is the product that you produce in your business that is required for you to obviously keep your business alive, but for you to really essentially it's the it's the lifeblood of what's required for your family, for your community, for everything else. Your amount of profit is a direct indicator, is a direct 100% mirror of the effort, of the skill set, of the mindset that you have. If you don't have profit in your business, if you are doing money or doing transactions and making money and helping people, that is essentially you looking in the mirror and you're looking at essentially, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at an incomplete vision. You're looking at nothing reflecting back at you. You have to actually positively accept the fact that everyone comes from different places as they enter into this industry. Everyone comes with different skill sets and different experiences, and everyone has different goals. There's not a one-size-fits-all coaching program or a one-size-fits-all approach to a coaching client. But guys, there is only one goal of any business owner, and that is to make a profit, of course, unless you're a nonprofit. So you are not right for coaching unless you do have your head screwed on straight that your job is to make a profit out of your business. It's not to build a team so you could stand on stage and talk about your numbers your job is to make profit out of your business. And if you're not having that mindset, we are not the coaches for you, so please do not request a free coaching call. But for the rest of you, especially students, and especially those who are ready to become students, go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Julie and I's schedules are usually pretty booked up, but I know we have spots here and there, so try different times, and we're adding more coaches to the roster, so you can literally schedule your own free coaching call right there on the website with the coach, and uh, there's not a lot of back and forth anymore, so this is a new system um, and that we, uh, frankly, are quite proud of, and hopefully it'll be something that you can easily employ yourselves. So, Julie, we are going to pick up on where we left off uh, today, and we're going to continue with how to get unstuck. And the motivational points really to build a fantastic business and personal life. So, guys, your homework from today's call is obviously re-listen to it and re-listen to the radio show we did yesterday as well. 
And if there are things that you need to be taking from uh, our list of ideas to get unstuck and stay motivated, well, then it is your prerogative to do so immediately. So thanks for listening today, and we will uh, speak with you tomorrow, same time, uh, same station. (laughs) Bye-bye. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.